You know, when it comes from the heart, it's a different ballgame, isn't it? It's not just the singing for the sake of singing, just because the sound is good. No, you're singing because it's from the heart, because you praise the Lord. And that is wonderful. And I see that it is actually a, uh, a connection with God. You are connecting with the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Lion of the tribe of Judah. The one that came and the one that is coming again. Praise the Lord. So we are connecting. Are we connecting? Amen. Praise the Lord. We are connecting with God. And now you're connecting with your wife and your husband. Or with your children. Maybe some connections are not exactly the way they should be. But uh, I know you're trying. I know you're maybe, see, well, he's talking about in the back there. Yeah, your, your, your family is pretty connected there in the back, eh? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Mr. Brian Murphy. A good man right there. All right. So we talked about last Sunday about connecting and the form of connecting with God. Usually it is through the prayer, through the word. We're going to talk about that even more next coming Sundays. We, will, we have been working on the idea of connecting with God. Not an idea, but also a, a principle. A principle for good living. We, outside the connection with God, we're doomed. I mean, you know, it's just not bearable. It's not possible. Because you are so lost without the connection with God. So we heard from, from Matt last Sunday. He talked about the reasons to pray. And then the reasons to pray together. And we also ask ourselves what were the conditions. The conditions for you to reach the, the, the throne of God. And we did talk about a couple conditions. One is that. Well, you need to come once you come. Once you, you get through that this, this decision in your own heart and your body uh, to come, you need to come in faithfulness. Believing that something will change once you come to the throne, once you connect with God. If you try to come without faith, without believing, mm, no good. In fact, we, we heard, we read a text, well, you don't expect to receive anything if you don't believe. So we come in a state of faithfulness. We also come in a state of holiness. Now that is very simple. If you are a sinner, and we all are, so that try not to get ourselves out of the, you know, off the hook here. We're all sinners. But we believe also that sin, in our, in our case, as a Christian, sin is an accident. It's not a regular routine. Can I hear an amen? You're not sinning because you want to. Well, I guess, I guess, yes. I guess you sin because you want to. Because ultimately, it's your own decision. You come to that, yeah, I know I shouldn't, but you know, it's so good, I'm going to just do it. So when, that, and when that's the case, we know that ultimately it's our decision. But when we come to the Lord, we've got to come in holiness. 
Not expecting that you just committed adultery and now you're going to come and have and think that everything is okay with God. No, it's not how it works. See, God is a respectable God. He is an almighty God and he is a majestic God and a king and the ruler of everything. So we don't just don't come just the way we want. Hey, okay, God, hey, you know, I did something. But you know what, God? You know, hey, how can we have a little coffee this morning? That's not how it works. When we come, we come in deep respect. Now, we make that sometimes, well, we have to have a, we cannot have a cap on. That's not exactly what the Bible means. Because that would show no respect. That's a human culture, and it might be even a good one. But the Lord looks at our heart and our life. And we are talking about, yes, if you are a sinner, and you have sinned, and you are not a believer, and you come to the Lord, and you have done all these bad things, but if you come to the Lord with a sense of repentance, the Lord will extend his hand to you. Because he reads your heart. He reads what's in there. But when you live a Christian life, you come to him in holiness, thinking about what you have done. You come in humbleness. You come in willingness. It's because you want to be in contact with him, not that you push yourself, well, I have to because, you know, if I don't talk to God, I'm... No, you want to be in contact with your creator. You've got to come in a state of willingness. I want to be here. A state of humbleness. So faithfulness, holiness, willingness, humbleness, and joyfulness. Some people come to the Lord uh, sad. Or uh, not that you don't. You cannot share your, your, your tough hearts. But if you come to the Lord as a complainer, you know that God doesn't really like the complaining, the complainers? Just talk about the people in the Old Testament, the people of Israel. They were a bunch of complainers. They were complaining to them, oh, no water, no food, no this, no that. And they were complaining after complaining, and stop it. Think about all the things I did for you. Think about how I brought you out of Egypt. How I opened the oceans for you. So when we come, let's come in a state of joyfulness already kind of knowing, as Christians, where we stand. How our sin has been taken away. You come and rejoicing before the Lord. Even with a bunch of problems behind you, you will share them, but you will have your chance to share, to share these things with your father when you come to him. But you come to him to adore him. You see in the deep behind whatever has already happened in your life, you see him as a majestic, powerful king and loving and caring king. So you come in a state of joyfulness. Now today, let's talk about the rewards. What 
are the rewards of connecting with God and connecting with God in prayer? Well, first of all, drawing near to God, it is not a religious exercise or a duty. It is a path to great reward. If you think about, if you think that, no, you can stay without talking to God, and somehow you will feel more, more free in your life because you don't share anything or everything with your father, with your daddy, with your God, you are missing out. You are missing out the great blessings that the Lord has in store for you. There are so many blessings in store. And everybody knows this little story of uh, this guy who comes to heaven. He gets there by his son Peter. St. Peter, you know, the Peter the Apostle. He's one of the secretaries out there in heaven. And he opens the door. Oh, yeah, welcome here. Yeah, you received the Lord Jesus. And you're, you're, you're good, good for you. Just come on in. And then once he goes through all the procedures, he finally gets to that uh, place where he's handed the key for his new house. And Peter even takes him all the way there and then tries to open up the door. And then for some reason, the door doesn't open. No, 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 this is your house. It's number so-and-so. This is on a golden street of here in heaven. This is street so-and-so. This is your place. So he pushes and pushes the door, tries to get open. He goes back to Peter. It doesn't open. Yeah, it's there. You have to open it up. And then finally, he manages to get in a little bit, at least shoves the door a little bit to the side, and he looks. And inside, there's a bunch of packages and packages and packages. Nice, beautiful packages. Then he runs back to Peter. What happened? Why are all these packages packed up my place in heaven here? And then Peter answered, this is, these are the blessings that were ready for you to be sent down to use on earth. But you didn't want them. You didn't search for me. Here you have it all now. There are blessings and rewards for you to be poured out in your life here and now. And we're not talking about financial blessings. You know, that, yeah, maybe those too, because we need them. The Lord has no problem with money. In fact, he talks more about money and food in the New Testament. Jesus talks more about money and food in the New Testament than about being saved. Did you know that? Check it out. So he's not a problem in holding back blessings. He wants to bless you. So when you get close to the Lord and you get to the center of his will, guess what? Blessings start pouring towards you. And there will be blessings of all kinds. Spiritual blessings, physical blessings, emotional blessings, and financial blessings as they come. Now you know also when, uh, one thing we need to do to uh, once you enter the kingdom, let's say you, we're talking to Christian people here. Now, those who are here, those who are listening online, most of us here are believers. Now, talking specifically to believers, it's not just entering into the kingdom and then leave it at that and staying on the outskirts of the kingdom of God. At one point, we are to approach the bench in a court. When there's a judge sitting there, he comes, actually he comes in, 
Everybody stands up. He sits down. And the people, those who have a business with the court, they have to come close or they have to, uh, they start dealing, standing up. And this is so, so the, the lawyer and the, the prosecutor and the, uh, the defense attorney. And all of a sudden, one of them says, hey, may I approach the bench? It's when he comes close to the judge. The other guy, of course, he can come too. But he goes close to the, to the bench, to the judge. And they have a little closer one-to-one -one conversation. Sometimes things are resolved in those little conversations there. And in the same way, we have to understand that God is our judge. There is this other court that we are talking about, the court of heaven. He is always there to plead our cause. He's always there to bless and to protect us. In fact, Jesus, he is he has given the authority to judge. It says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who, by being, and this is Philippians chapter 2 for those who are taking notes. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being in a very nature, God... He did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Now listen to this. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. He gave him the name that is above every name. That is in the name of Jesus every knee should bow. And in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can I say an amen? Hear an amen? Now we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. This is just to prove to us that when we approach the bench, we know to whom we come. He has the responsibility and the authority and is over everything and everyone. He will rule every single nation, every king in the world, whether they are rich or poor, every person will bow down before him. And he is asking us, come, approach the bench. I got some personal business with you. You can stay in the courtroom somewhere in the corner. Live your life quietly. But you have the opportunity to come close and approach the bench. Hebrews chapter 4. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest. And this is from Hebrews chapter 4, 14 to 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. 
Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is our Lord. This is how we are should we should see him. Someone that was the judge of the universe. And he is asking us, come approach. Let's have a little chat here. Psalm 9 verse 8, and he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples with equity. Psalm 58 11. Psalm 58 11, and the man will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. So we have been made righteous. That's why we have been invited to approach the bench. We have been made righteous. Romans 5, 1 to 2. Romans 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Think about this. There is, it's, it, there is no barrier between us and the big judge. You can come to him. He will listen to you. He will ask you even to approach him. You know, in the, in the, in the, the federal court, probably, you know, in the Supreme Court, is, you know, it would be highly unrespectful if you would simply come without coming, approach the bench without being invited. He would kick you out. He would call the guards or the, the security. But not our judge. He asked you, come, let's have a talk. So we have been made righteous, and that's why we have no enmity with God. It has been taken away. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. I'm reading from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place and of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And this is the condition that allows us to approach the throne of grace. Couple points here. So what will happen if you draw near? Well, according to James chapter 4, the first thing that will happen if, if you draw near, God will draw near to you. God will draw near to you. Think about this. God, there's only one God. He stops his business and he draws near to you. Because you came to him. He cancels all his appointments. Comes to you and say, hey, come here. How can I help you? When you come to him, the text says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Just this alone is worthwhile for us to try. 
of having the king of the universe coming close to you. Think about it. So beautiful. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6, from the Passion Translation says this, He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. <coughs> Excuse me. He will reward the faith of those. He will give them the strength. He will give them all of those who are giving their passion, just the ones that are telling God, God, you know, I love you so much. I want to be close to you. Now God said, okay, come, come, come. Some people are pressing into God's presence. Others, well, whatever. I just the other day, I think I give some people the example of the a big drawing of big um, art piece. Oh, I don't know who you know. There was, was, was you know one pointing the finger and then God from the other side. What? Who did that? Anybody? Michelangelo. There you go. You got it. Have you have you noticed? There is whoever that is, if it's Adam or somebody, he's sitting there and kind of reaching like that, the hand. And on the other side is, hand, is God reaching all the way, his arm stretched out. And the other guy, yeah, yeah. You know, God reaches out. We sometimes just, yeah. We are missing out by not reaching out. Second thing that will happen other than him coming close to you. We read in John 16 verses 13. That makes the second point here. He will guide you into all truth. Text says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. How in the world would you know about all the truth if you don't reach out to him? If you don't check out, if you don't press and try to find what is this truth? I want to know it. I want to learn about it. I, Lord, tell me, tell me, open up. I want to give the revelation, Lord. He will lead you or guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. In fact, that makes the third point right there. Think about, first of all, you will be guided into all the truth. See, there are people, there are truth seekers out there. People that are trying to find the truth. People are trying to, you know, once I was uh, on a flight from Japan to Singapore, and and there was this lady in the plane. And she was a truth seeker, but in the wrong place. She would beat herself up overnight, and she was telling me all her stories. She was beating herself up, and she would poke with needles and stuff. And she said that if I do all these things, then the dark spirits will protect my family. And that's what I came in. But you know what? Jesus did that already. He is no longer, you are, you don't have to sacrifice yourself to experience whatever blessing. 
You know what she told me? Who is Jesus? She did not know. Never heard of him. That's Singapore. He will guide you into all the truth. You will all of a sudden find out about what's really happening, what's really the case. And the truth has become, has been transformed into a lie today. People are, are believing different things now. And insist with that. Say, this is now the right thing to do. This is not the right way to believe. Or have become, a, make it all relative. Everything goes, everything is okay. Did you know that there's only one truth? That there's only one way, that there's only one God, that there's only one Savior, there's only one Jesus. Do you want to find the truth? You approach the bench of the King of the universe. He will explain to you the things you don't know. He will confirm what you already have read in the Word. He will bless you with things you haven't discovered. He will reveal new things to you. And they will be the truth. The text, you read in John chapter 16, verse 13. He will show you things to come. Now this becomes a little, one could say, uh, prophetic. But there are people out there, they have no clue what time it is in the clock of God. What they will believe is, well... People said Jesus would come. These things will happen. But you know, it's always been like that. Nothing has changed. Always will be the same. But God has revealed it to his prophets in the word. Is revealing it even today. If you approach the bench, come close to the Father, come close to God, the knowing of the one that knows everything, he all of a sudden starts telling you, hey guys, watch out. Watch my clock. We are very close to midnight. This thing is going to explode soon. Be ready. And he explains and he tells. He opens. He reveals the things that are written in prophecy. Back in the book of Daniel. Back in the, in the book of Isaiah and Ezekiel. You're going to go one of these days. Study the prophecies. And compare it to what is happening in the news today. For a very specific reason, we need to know what time it is. And guess what? You approach the bench. You get closer to the Father, to the one that has the clock, or that has the, he knows the end from the beginning. He will start revealing things to you. Does it take some time? Yes, it does take some time. Sometimes you have to, Lord, I hear, I, I pray, I pray, I pray, I can't hear anything. I don't, are, you, are you still listening, Lord? You have that feeling sometimes it looks like he is a little distant, he is not here. But I have to tell you this morning that he is actually listening. And if you start reading with care, with intensity, with length of time, you start meditating, all of a sudden, oh... Oh, I didn't know this. Wow, 
I read this text a hundred times and did not see this. When you come to the Lord, all of a sudden, the connection between you and Him get like a perfect connection. We, re we complain with our Wi-Fi out there in, in, in Gormley. Sometimes, you know, you, if somebody is watching a video like Joel, and I want to watch something too, it just gets just crackling. It doesn't really work. Hey, shut up your thing there. I need to see something. Communication really bad. And then you don't, you don't get it. But when you take your time and you stand, you become quiet before the Lord. And you spend time, and you came with all the first principles that we mentioned, of the holiness and sanctification and humbleness and joyfulness, not complaining. All of a sudden, God sees your heart is right. He starts revealing things to you. That's why it's so important. Those, that's what, this is some of the rewards for, you, the fa for the fact that you have come to him. He will show you things to come. He will reveal things to you. It says in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. It's written. I didn't make this thing up. He said it. And this is about the future. It's about the things to come. It is about what you are supposed to do in certain times of life. He will reveal things that you did not have a clue about. You need direction? Guess where you can go? For crying out loud, where can you go? To the Lord. He will reveal things to you. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great things and unsearchable things that you do not know. It's one of the rewards of coming close. You know what? It ends up like you kind of you become an insider. Some people are outsiders and some people are insiders. In a church, eventually, they're, there's a, they're, they're the insiders and they're the, the, the ones that live in the, in the outskirts. They're the casual Christians, those who come once in a while, and, uh, and then there are those who are really connected and the ones that are really working. Those are all the volunteers that are putting their sweat into the whole kingdom. Those are the insiders because they know what's going on. They know what's happening. Well, the Lord wants you to become an insider because he has things to reveal to you. And he hasn't done it yet just because. A little disconnected. Number four. You will experience victory. So you have been fighting against your own flesh. You have been fighting about the stuff that's going on in your life. You have been fighting and fighting. But when you come to the Lord, He opens up ways that you didn't know. He gives you extra strength. The text says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Now God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. 
But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Basically, the victory also comes with the fact that you will not get desperate when things go bad in your life. Some people start gaining weight when things are uh, gaining weight. Some people are, are, uh, are uh, just not tolerable. You cannot get close to these people because they're in low German. You would say, Kort uh, Onjebonge. Now, Kort Onjebonge, that's, that's going to be hard to explain. How do you, how do you say if, if, you, if, you, if you, uh, you have a, a horse and you tie it very close, you know? And whenever, whenever he tries to do it, he rips the, the, the rope. So it's, it's a short, short rope. And whenever something happens, you kind of explode. And the Lord is asking, or the Lord is saying, hey, if you connect with me, I already know what's going to happen right after this, so just relax. You get victory over your own flesh. And victory comes by walking under the power of heaven, the Holy Spirit. He will make you strong. Number five, he will make you strong or perfectly strong. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you are not joyful, if you cannot, because this is the other thing. If, if you come close to the Lord, one thing you will notice, there is party in heaven. There is lots of joy in heaven. There is no downtime in heaven. You are touched, you are sprinkled by the proximity of God. You are sprinkled with joy. Because in heaven there is joy, there is no downtime, everybody is happy out there. And this is how he wants you and me to be. Oh, things are bad. Oh, how difficult this is. No. You get the joy once you get close because you see different. You observe the whole situation differently. And he will make you strong. The Bible says the joy of the Lord will make you strong. The Lord, the joy is your strength. Number six, he will give you Everything you need. Again, not me saying. Let me read it. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. And you are running around like crazy to get certain things. Relax. Now, don't be lazy. But relax, trusting. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added. First Peter chapter 3, verses 12. I'll wrap it up with this one. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. It's not meant to you. It's meant to the others. Because for you are a Christian, a believer. And if you're not a believer, please come talk to me. If you think you are going to make it to heaven on your own, well, good luck with that. But I have bad news for you. It won't happen. 
You need to surrender your life to the only way, the truth and the life. There is no other way that leads to heaven other than Jesus Christ. One verse, and that's the end. I promise you. This one comes from 1 John chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse 14. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He will hear us. There are many advantages of connecting with God. I recommend. It's going to help you out. It has helped me over the many, many years that I am a believer. But you got to reach out. Not just like this. Reach out. Grab him. Insist with him. Stay connected. Because this is, more than ever, time to connect. Shall we pray? Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. That you have made a way for us to connect. And when we come and approach the bench, when we approach the judge of the universe, I know you stop doing what you're doing and you listen to us. Because you love us. So Lord, we want to thank you this, this morning for your patience. And we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us when we have run after other, other things. And have not really stopped to connect with you. And that is for our own. It just gives us problems, Lord. Because we try to move this life, our own life, on our own, and it doesn't work. We need you. And you have explained it so very simple in your word. Everyone can understand. Because your ears are really attentive to those who come to you. You will hear from heaven. You will answer you will heal, you will protect, you will bless, you will prosper, you will give direction, you will show us and lead us unto all truth, and you will show us the things to come. You're just waiting for us to connect. My Lord, we know that the time has come. Lead us into a closer relationship with you. And also, Lord, in the next couple of Sundays, Lord, we will be talking about the connecting with the Word, connecting with the Holy Spirit, connecting with the fellow believer, and connecting with the outside world. And all these aspects that we're going to be talking about in the next couple of months, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless us, encourage us, Push us, Lord, towards, or give us a wake-up call 
Don't let us walk alone. Just don't help us, Lord, to, to understand how much we have to win or to gain by being close to you. Let us not have a divided heart, Lord Jesus. You want to have one heart connected with you. Thank you, Lord, for these wonderful people that here at Markham Missionary Church and for those who are listening in online. Pray, Lord Jesus, that all of us, Lord, would closer or become more intimate with you. This is urgent because the world is bad. We pray, Lord Jesus, help us. And we thank you. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right.